Hey, welcome to Cast Garden. We got Zhao. My name is Martin, and today our special guest is none other than Marky V, aka Mark. How you doing, man? Marky V. That's like your your, your nickname. That's like your actual nickname. No, Mark. Just uh, Mark. No. Just Mark. <laughs> just Mark. <laughs> because I've always, like, whenever I've been hearing about you, it's always like Mark, Mark, Mark Villaluna. But then it's like yeah. Marky V. Ooh, Ooh. I like that. Yeah, it's nice today. Call me Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, Mark, thank you for having the time to join us here tonight. And uh, I guess I'll be starting the first question. What is the first two digits of your student number, sir? First two digits, zero, seven. Oh, thank God you're not too young. <laughs> yes. Our last guess was what? One, one zero, zero, dude. One zero. <laughs> one zero. <laughs> he was also you. <laughs> and then the co-guest was zero, one. So it was like <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was like um an entire an entire like decade. Yeah. <laughs> At least this one's like it just heals half a decade. At least yeah. what four years? <laughs> From zero zero four to zero seven. So that's that's so, that's contemporaries. We're in yeah, we're we're pretty much contemporaries. We uh, <laughs> we were there at the same time, we had the same teachers, we had the same experience with the canteen like this isn't oh yeah this isn't going to be a case of us being like oh back in my day or oh you're old right like it's it's one of those like yeah (laughs) legit like looking back (laughs) so that said from zhao uh what were your favorite subjects and teacher and who were your favorite teachers and why is it dr mariano ha Well, for oh, one, I was going to give another name. <laughs> but yeah, why is it Dr. Mariano? That's usually like every Hume student is like, oh yeah, Doc Mar yes. has such fond memories yes. and mm. foundations or philo of art or whatever. So, and that mustache. <laughs> yeah, that and that mustache. The top three. Among <laughs> <laughs> uh, humanity students, most especially. Uh, but of course, there's Dr. Mariano. Um, Dr. Paul Dumont will always have a, a special place for every humanity student's uh, experience in, in the university. Um, yeah, and, and, and I would say uh, Dr. Mesquita also. because Ooh, That's the uh, first time we're hearing somebody thinking, putting him like at the top. Why? <laughs> what's, what's with, yeah, I mean, you know. Um, well, basically, uh, actually, I chose those three because my experience with the humanities program is really, really great. Um, uh, I don't know if you knew my story, but I wasn't really an original humanities student uh, when I entered yeah. the university. I first was right. a an IMC student, <laughs> okay, uh, and then I shifted out of. Uh, the IMC program and join the humanities. Why? Because I really love my Hume subjects. I mean, the, the liberal arts uh, subjects uh, in the earlier years of my study in the university. Uh, and I had the, the great fortune. <laughs> wow. Oh, the great <laughs> fortune. I like that. Yes. Uh, having Dr. Dumal as uh, my first uh, mentor for, the first, for my first two years. Uh, in the in the university, that's why we had that. I don't know if this started within our batch, but we had, or probably earlier in some other batches. Right. We, we have that group of Doctor Dumol fans, and we call we call ourselves Dumolians. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, because of Doc, yeah, because the thing with Doctor Dumol was like he taught in the past, and then he stopped teaching, and then he started teaching again. Um, like uh, he couldn't, he couldn't stop teaching Dante for whatever reason. Right. But uh, I'm going to latch on to something, man. Um, you, so you applied as an IMC student and you got into IMC after your second, third year when we applied for our majors? Or like you applied as an IMC student, but when um, it came to choose the majors, you were like, oh, humanities. 
Well, I it was the first one. I actually got into the program. I started with the program. I took a few. I started with a few courses or subjects with IMC, and then I realized, wait, I'm probably in the wrong course <laughs> because uh, though it's interesting, uh, maybe really these are not the topics or, or the subjects that I really want to have an in-depth study of. And so I just realized I really fell in love with the philosophy, with the literature subjects in the earlier years. So maybe I'm really for the humanities. And, and I shifted out and then I found out, well, this is the course. <laughs> so what was that? No. So what, what ended up being your specialization? Was that, was that still a thing in 2007 in your batch? Is it lit or history? For you? Yes, there was, uh, I think there were two uh, active yeah sub-specializations in human at the time. There was history and, and literature. Those are the two tracks. I heard now, though, that they have... I'm sorry, the dog is barking. Okay, um, I heard now that they have creative writing. Of course, because they have Dr. Antonio and Dr. Dumont. Yes, with, with Dr. Antonio. And then health humanities, something like that. Because they invited me to, to, to join the panel for the for the incoming freshmen this year for the humanities. And I just heard that they had, hmm. I mean, they have now those two tracks. But I cho- I chose the history track during our time. Mm, yes, yeah, no, Dr. Mesquida made an impact. That's why of, Dr. Mesquida, that explains it. <laughs> because of readings in Philippine history and like all of those, all of those subjects. Yeah. And I remember, <laughs> I I was I was the only one in my batch doing the master's program uh, in the humanities. I was right. so alone and lonely in doing the master's program because they all left my batchmates. I mean, they decided not to continue with the MA. So I was the only young student. <laughs> Pretty much like Bok Hill, probably, for his batch. Bok! It was funny because I was attending my master's subject, especially my, my specialization subjects, like a mentoring class. It's a one-on-one class. Yeah! I know, I, I know the feeling. That was how, um, what was it was with me, uh, Lit Fury. Lit Fury, we were in the seventh floor with Mrs. Bora. And that, that's that, that's something like that, that's I admittedly learned so much because of that like one-on-one experience, right? Um what were that about? What were like the the specialization like classes for history? Oh well it depends. I don't know though if they tailor fit the the subjects depending on your your thesis topic. Uh, because that's what I experienced uh, for my part. Um, I had some subjects like because my 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 thesis uh, topic back then was about colonial history, so okay. it's the American colonial period. So I had subjects like you know uh, Spanish colonial institutions in the Philippines. Uh, that's that's actually taught by Dr. Mesquida and then. The usual ones for, for so Dr. Mesquida. Can I just say <laughs> a class like that is like so Dr. Mesquida. Yeah. Um and then uh, American colonial history. Um <laughs> but but pretty much focused on Philippine history still. Uh and then um philosophy of history, uh with um some another some other professor that I forgot the name now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just so long time ago. I, I, I do because I also took philo of history, and I can't remember the name of the teacher either. I was hoping you would be able to shed some light on that. They are all very special, but I can't really remember the name. And she was my teacher for ethics as well, or like philosophy of the family. It's so sad. I can't remember her name. With ethics, I, I, I had one. Would it be? She was not really my professor. Or, uh, I wish I had a. A class with her, but she did like a a seminar instead uh, of uh, women's history. Doctor Camacho. So oh, Doctor yes. really Yeah, Doctor Camacho is amazing. Um, yes. We had um, one one, one of yeah, our one of our teachers described her as a duck. 
Uh, just, and and this is <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like um, and and this is sort of like my metaphor to describe all humanities students. Doctor uh, Doctor Ralph Camacho is like a duck, right? Like on on the surface, it's just very very chill, but then like underneath the surface, it's just so much more hard work than um, one could ever imagine. And I think that 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 characterizes the humanities students. Um, very well. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how we mentioned Dr. Camacho, and even though after after we left school, I keep seeing her like even recently, because uh, I think from Ortigas, she comes home to the south, like I think Makati. So while I'm heading back to Mandaluyong, she's back in Makati. There's this walkway, I think, from Makati Med up to that landmark thing, up to Glorieta. Midway, like like clockwork, at one point I'll see Dr. Kamacha. It's like, oh, good evening. <laughs> and that lady doesn't age. Yeah, she doesn't age. I mean, that was like 10 years since I had her as a teacher. She still looks the same. Like, there has to be something that, you know, I'd be the view <laughs> she found. <laughs> I would normally take the, the train, the mm, MRT yeah. going yeah. south. Because I also was taking the MRT going north because I was north. staying in Pleasant City at the time. So I was, mm. I was so surprised. Oh, Dr. Kamacha is taking the MRT. <laughs> she seems like a... I, I always pegged her as like a car sort of person. You know, I always pegged her to be somebody that drove around like a... I don't know, like a Volvo or something. I don't know. Because <laughs> she's so class. I mean, she, she's, she just walks and floats there. Actually, yeah, that's that's another really good way to describe it. It's like when she walks, she doesn't walk, she just floats. You know, <laughs> like, <there's> that. <laughs> when you have something like Dr. Kamach and Dr. Dumal, Dr. Dumal is like this as well. It's like they have this sort of floaty, <laughs> they have this sort of floaty quality about the way they move from point A to point B. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I kind of uh, describe them as like the, the persona in the university, like when they pass through the corridors, all knees must bend. <laughs> Before they have this aura yeah. of, uh, they exude a specific a specific aura of, I don't know. I mean, a mixture of awesomeness and fear. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've um. I've I've always well I don't see Doctor Doctor Camacho, um, thinking like Lord of the Rings. She's always kind of been like an elf, right? And I've always I've always thought of like Doctor Mariano, um, as sort of like uh uh one of the sons of Numenor, you know? Like I I don't know I don't know if if that's I don't know if that's an apt uh, description, but it is how I choose to think of them. Or in terms of Star Wars, Dr. Dumal is like, uh, was it, it wasn't Dr. Dumal. It was... Um, Yoda? No, Yoda was... Uh, Dr. Dumal was Mace Windu, um, you know, master of like the lightsaber. And um, economics teacher, uh, e- economics guy, uh, Dr. Villegas. Guy. Dr. Villegas was oh, like Dr. Yoda. Right? Because okay. he, he, he speaks in a barely intelligible language <laughs> with his economics. <laughs> And he's like, <laughs> cannot, geez, Joe, thank, thank you. Cannot unsee now. Right. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. That's just me. God damn. So what, what, was, uh, what, what was your thesis about? It was about, um, it was about, it was post-colonial. It, it was like Sorry. from a post-colonial perspective or like, well, um, Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that's the theory that I was using. But I mean, mine is a little bit more complicated. I was I was actually uh, advised not to do this, um, but it was <laughs> like a mixture of postcolonialism and sociology as well, because I was examining the colonial educational system during the American period mm. uh, on a, in a specific uh, geography. Uh, which is Rizal. So um, the idea there is, I was investigating how the the educational system during the American period was used as a laboratory for other uh, colonial slash political institutions that they might 
be implemented uh, soon after. And then I chose Rizal because it's like the first artificial um, province <laughs> that we yeah, created yeah. out of the out of the other pre-existing towns, which is now part of Metro Manila. So I was right. trying to do that, and <laughs> uh, I, I got I got so crazy <laughs> looking at the, <laughs> the sources. What were your What were your sources for that? Like, were you enough? Um, knee deep in Blair and Robertson, or did you like go beyond that? Because like, there's a temptation to just rely on B and R. I had to. Uh, well, Blair and Robertson was like the the jumping point. Uh, but I also tried to. Look for other sources. I went to the American Library, Heritage Library, mm. of which was then housed. I don't know if they're still there, but at that time it was housed in Ateneo, uh, in Rizal Library. So right. I went there. I found uh, uh, a lot of um, manuscripts, uh, like old newspapers from the American period, campus school papers, which were very helpful <laughs> because, you know, they, they give us the, the sensibility of the colonial education at the time. And then the Lopez Museum in the library, uh, surprisingly, have a collection about the American period and the educational system at the time. Uh, but the, the hardest Lopez? part was to look at co- lo- local histories because I had to do that. I mean, the history mm-hmm. of the public schools in Rizal yeah. at the time, which fortunately the biggest was my high school, <laughs> Rizal High School in Pasig City. But the problem was they didn't really have um, usable, tangible texts for me to use as sources. So I had to rely on interviews, oral history. I had to look at, I mean, you know, I had to look for the, the older generations of people who studied in Rizal High School who could still remember <laughs> their experiences. So it was a, the methodology was toxic and I, I gave up on it. So it was fun learning about it. But I mean, you know, I wouldn't do the same thing again if I yeah. didn't do research. It was so toxic. No, but no, no. Uh, uh, that's like one of the inherent difficulties with Philippine history, you know. It's, it's either you're reading against the grain, or you have to go for an oral history. It's, it's the codification of an oral history. So I don't know. That's always something that I've found to be quite difficult, but a, lo- a lot of fun if if done in short bursts, right? Like you know, bringing out the occasional source and doing the um, what was it? Cracking the parchment curtain. Oh, yes. <laughs> like that's, that's, I don't know. That's something that's quite a lot of fun. Trying to find the local and, um, in, in foreign sources. But then, you know, at, at the same time, it, it can be quite, quite a lot. Um, but that's the thing that, that's the thing that I think the humanities kind of taught us. Um, I, I don't know if your experience was the same. Um, Mark, but like when I was in high school, it was very distinctly not Filipino. And when we got into college, a lot of the history, like the real history that we did, um, was very much Filipino. So in my mind, there is this big divide between world history and Philippine history, where world history is learned from a textbook <laughs> and Philippine history is learned from like a source. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you have the same like experience as I do in that regard. But yeah, that's I mean, you know. to be honest, when I was in high school, I detested the history so <laughs> <laughs> no, because um there there is always this kind of uh, uh teaching history, especially in public schools. I mean, I'm not bad mouthing my high school. I mean I had some great teachers but i didn't really like my history classes at the time because simply because it was so surface level like we just had to memorize names dates um it's all memory wrote memory work and there's 
less focus on you know going deeper into the the historical issues uh, analyzing them and then when i when i started my philhis classes for example in in UAMP i was like you know there there was this ray of light <laughs> that, that came out and, and and that probably i was so in love with with all those uh wisdom subjects as we 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 called it before like the the, the literature so subjects and, and the history subjects because they were not they were not really just on the surface kind of mm, yeah um right another another question um you we we went th- i'm thinking we went through the same um we went through the same liberal arts uh i guess so set of subjects what was your favorite lit one, lit one subject. two three or four yeah at, at least at least from the undergrad mm-hmm. hmm. from the undergrad right, because yeah i would say i'd say renaissance lit ren lit um because Under uh, dr antonio or Dr. Dumo. Oh, okay. wow. Uh, he, he taught Renlet. Yeah, I, I had two literature subjects with Dr. Dumo when I was in first year. And we had to take those two subjects <laughs> as a mentored class. So we are all guys uh, in, in, in that subject. Yeah. Uh, in those two subjects, that was first Renlet followed by class lit. Both of them uh, are we're under Dr. Dumo. So I think the first SEM of first year, we already had him. And it was like a baptism by fire because, of course, we're coming from high school. I mean, uh, our writing <laughs> What's skills, a paper? Our, our research paper writing papers. skills are awful. I mean, I would consider myself papers. as a decent writer, uh, but not to the degree of, you know, highly academic, the way it should be done on a Dumal class. Uh, and it, it was really, he really, you know, challenged us. It was like he was tearing our brain cells apart and then putting it back together. Uh, and then after those two stems with him, after when we all went out, it was a consensus for all of us guys in, in that class. Well, I can write all the papers here in the university. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> it was that. These papers are nothing to me already. Yeah, Wait, so, you, had, wow. so you took yeah. Renaissance Lit before you took Classical Lit? Yes. Wow, that's weird. Then huh. Lit first, and then Class Lit. Okay, all right. That's that's that that's that's backwards. Um, yeah, one, the one hundred two before the one hundred one. What what you know, what um what Shakespeare's did you know, did he uh, teach? How do you guys read? Yeah. Subject. If you remember, I mean, like which 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 books did you guys take for Renlet? Yeah, for Shakespeare. If if, if you can remember, because I I can't remember what mine were. <laughs> ah, well, we we just took one work uh, in in consideration. That was Hamlet for uh, Renlet, mm. um, and he was it it was really. A, a great class, I remember, because he was teaching us how to parse the text mm. uh, from the, you know, from the Shakespearean English, Victorian right. English, uh, and trying to, how to read it metaphorically and at the same time, syntactically. Like, I, I, the, his style was the, the first line or the first two lines of, say, for example, a monologue or a soliloquy. Uh, that's the idea the, the main idea of that soliloquy and then it ties up with the thesis at the end and then what's in between are all metaphors or you know um, modifiers of that of that uh, main idea so when for example when he when he when we had this exercise of reading to be or not to be mm-hmm. uh, it was it was like you know um, the the first time I was able to appreciate that that soliloquy to its fullest like um i never read uh, we had that when i was in high school but i never really understood it as much as how we did it in in dr dumo's class so for that i we were really <laughs> we were really thankful um and at the same time he was challenging us to uh he would give us specific um parts from the play 
uh, verses that we would parse uh, mm. as a as an essay, as an individual essay requirement. I remember, I think I was assigned to do uh, uh, to look into the subtext or the uh, the the contextual meaning of one of Horatio's longer uh, um, uh, monologues there. So um, it, it was pretty tough because, you, you, I mean, imagine we were all just starting in the university and we are having this kind of mental gymnastics with this guy. And, and that's the time I realized, oops, this is the type of professor you cannot really mess up with or BS your way <laughs> with because he knows his stuff really. <laughs> but God, this, is, uh, this is this is college. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that that made it. <laughs> that made me say it. I mean this is college. Gosh. That was that was um uh, Doctor Dumo is actually never my teacher, like, and that's one of the that's one of those things that I'm not sure if I'm like happy about or like not that happy about. <laughs> like, I, I I don't know what the I don't know what the um the purging of the the brain under Doctor Dumo's classes is like, and and if it's anything like the purging of the brain in Dr. Mariano's class, I wouldn't have survived it as a freshman. So, you know, I don't... I don't don't know how much uh, brain cells would have been eaten away due to the paper requirements of Dumo. Never had him, but speaking of eating, Mark, what were your favorite eating spots or food spots in the university or outside university when you were still a student? Now we're gonna go to now the real discussion comes in. The yes, real yes. discussion comes in. <laughs> uh, well, there's blue and gold. Um the button, yeah, yes, yes. Like the, gold, if you're going to be late in class and you just need to have some quick fix, that's where I go. But but on a normal basis, on a normal day, I wouldn't go there because I have a very tight budget when I was in in, in college, and I remember Blue and Gold was pretty much on the upper range price point. So um, whenever we have time, me and well, together with the other young guys uh, from our batch, we would always. I think we started this kind of habit of looking for cheap eats around the Ortigas area because we're so stingy. We really want, we have a very tight budget and we want to save up money for, for more, for other things that we like. So we yes. were, we started looking around places and then we ended up with some of the eateries with really good food. Uh, just Is it beside Meta. Oh, we called it nice. Mega Wall. Because it's literally like, a home oh, yeah. yes. along Escriva Drive towards uh, that gate going to San Antonio Village. Yeah. yeah. And then there's another one. We call it Shang because it's a Shangge. <laughs> uh, literally beside Neda. And we would eat there yeah. with, with, the, with the other young guys um, uh, from, uh, from the batch. So it, it was a fun uh, memory, actually. Uh, seven. So we have a lot meets with Joel, right? Yeah, Joel or Zag. Yeah. Nice. Uh, nice. Mike was with that group. Uh, then some other young guys from my yeah. batch as well. And then other guys from other courses uh, too who are close friends. <laughs> ah, nice. that, 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 that big wall near the San Antonio, it, it's, it's now like blue and yellow or whatever. Like yeah. that, so. that, those used to be eateries, no? Yes, yes. Yeah. What happened there was it was uh, it was raised by fire uh, right. several years back. That's the reason why it became a a chunk of wall like that there. <laughs> but it used to be a series of you know calendarias uh, with with uh, decent food, and we would go there to eat. <laughs> it was fun. It was really fun. We were we were we were hunting for cheap eats. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that, that's that's always um, oh, that's something that I that uh, when when I when I go to Ortigas, 
lately, you know, that's the thing that's been, um, that's the thing that's, that's gotten me really sad. Like, I, I, I lovingly call it the poor part of Ortigas, but it's, it's like the more affordable stuff all seems to be going out, like, you know, one by one, no? like, yeah. you know, that, that, that area, um, across what used to be Seren that, that used to have all of the cheap places to eat gone. Like gone. the, um, the mega wall that you called it, uh, gone. Um, what was it? St. Francis Square. Gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where the kids now are gonna be able to find their 50 peso meals. Yeah. I guess there's their one. The choices now uh, are either 7 Eleven or Mini Stop. Mahal no? Mahal <laughs> But well, there's still the one remaining in the, the one beside Neda, because I remember last year, still uh, Sima and us parked there. So it's still there, the parking lot slash eatery. Yeah, the parking lot slash uh, canteen. There's, there's that. I think that's the one that we called Shack. Yeah. Before it, it it was like an internal joke for us because in Yung at the time when in our batch there's this group who always goes to Shang to eat the real Shang, uh, the the posh Shang, and then there's this group who likes to eat. In- oh. the- <laughs> so we all, we're all friends. It's just like you know, um, <laughs> we're just you know we we just like it cheap. <laughs> So you want to you want to uh, have budget for other stuff, uh, other stuff. So it, it was it was a funny thing. We we were we were um, just literally walking around Esquiva Drive looking for uh, for cheap good eats there. There was also Tok Tai. I love that one. Um, oh, dude! The Tok Tai. I think every UAP student of of our batch. I mean, our 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 period. Somehow had a a good memory with. I, I miss that. I miss yeah. And that I miss area too. Is gone. <laughs> yeah, it's completely gone now. It's a different uh, thing. Its spiritual successor was Bangkok Cafe. Yeah, was that the one? Y- yeah. Same guys that did Tuk Thai. They were at I think Pearl Plaza. We yeah, well, sort 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 of the same guys sort that of, did took back, yeah. right? Because um, Anton, the their chef, right? There was the time after took back closed when he moved back to Cebu, and whenever I'd come home, I'd always like visit him at his restaurant that he opened up here. Uh, and then when he moved back to Manila, he partnered up with somebody else, uh, the Chinese dude that owned that internet cafe. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's when and and so Anton partnered up with that Chinese dude for that Thai restaurant, which um, is sort of the same thing, I guess. Like they had a bunch of the same stuff, but you know, it was being bankrolled by somebody different. My guy's still around, right? Like, see, see, Anton is still. Um, I, I I can't remember what his handle on 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 Instagram is, but you can just like call him up or text him and like ask him to prepare you some of that um some of that fad siao and just send like kuya grab to i know uh, pick it up you know to relive the the taste and the memory of that <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like for for all of the uap people that had any sort of experience with Tuktai or bangkok cafe just as a shout out to anton who has been admittedly a huge part of like my formative years so He's still out there and he's still preparing Thai food and you can, you know, find him on Instagram. Man. <laughs> you know? Oh, dude. Can't wait for that. And the, and the dude that he's with, um, Jerome, he, if, in, in case you want, like, to have makeup done or something. Okay. <laughs> so you can have Thai, Thai food and, you know, look and, fabulous. And, and, and like makeup. That. Yeah, like you, can eat, you can eat Thai food looking extremely <laughs> fabulous if you like. Extremely fabulous. <laughs> Oh yeah. Wait, so Mark, I, I keep forgetting to ask this. Uh since you hang out with certain new buddies and you know batchmates, were you living behind the school as well or uh, as a dormer or you lived somewhere else before? Oh um well I I, I stayed in a residence hall um okay. at the back of UANP. That's right. Uh, along Escrivan. Hmm? Is it 
the same area with Amber? Yes, it's the same area with, with ah. Amber Drive. Uh, university University Center. That's probably the reason why um, uh, I, I I got acquainted with all the other places yeah. <laughs> around that area. I mean, San Antonio and and and, and also the, the the places to go to if you want to drink with your friends. Oh, so yeah. that's the reason why some of my batchmates would would be like surprised. How come you know this place? Well, because I. <laughs> I, I I practically live here. I mean, for the for the past uh, three years that I've been in, in in the university. So I was I was staying in Champaign um, with with some other university students okay. and That's scholars um, because at the time um, they provided some sort of housing for for university scholars. Um, and I was one of those fortunate ones who was able to get into that residence hall. So now they have an honest to goodness residence hall within the university. Oh, that's, <laughs> so, oh, that's so sad. So, so Amber <laughs> and the rest of the residence halls in Champagne is out of that place. It's now within the university uh, compound. So, Wait, the Amber uh, Study uh, Center is now in. The parking lot. Yeah. It's now in the, the university. Yeah. It's it's now housed in you you know that building beside the new parking lot with the Okay, yeah. Yeah, so that one, that's the So that's now Amber. What about the no, what about Balanghai, the one for the, the ladies? I'm not sure <laughs> about uh, that. Wrong person to ask, I guess. Counterpart. Yeah, uh, yeah because uh, Balanghai was in San Antonio, eh? This is San Antonio. Yes, yes. And you know, like, oh, I wonder where I wonder if they ended up moving to on campus as well. Yeah, most probably if if the guys have one, I am I'm, I'm sure the girls should also have one somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so yeah, I mean that's one of the fondest memories also that I have <laughs> with my with my stay in the university. I mean you're hanging out with those uh, with those guys from Champagne. <laughs> Tambuli, Tambuli residence hall there. Oh, you were in Tambuli. So, the Tambuli boys. Oh, okay. Tambuli boys. Oh, God. <laughs> ah, Champagne. Memories. I don't know, man. I have such, I have such a different, uh, I have such a different <laughs> experience with Champagne. Uh, so, were you there at the height of the study wars, Mark? Yes, I was there. Abutan mo yon. Mga study wars with uh, like you log in one hour to have resources for your yeah, team. Yeah, it's like a dungeon and dragons with a with a with a study twist. Yeah, I, I don't know which team I was if it was Dante's or Eichel's, but I always like okay, I have to study here. Yeah, I have one hour, I have two hours. I don't know what's gonna happen in the game, but here's my R's. <laughs> Bye, guys. I'm playing my PS2, but home now. <laughs> yeah, that's probably where I met Martin too, right? Yeah, um, I met you guys there when you and Joan were first year. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think na butan mo ako lalo na yung second year na kayo. Like every Saturday, uh, I am the dude who goes there for reflection. Uh, that, that what you guys do on Saturday? Before yeah, well, I would also be there too. Um, uh, the, the the Saturday activities as well yeah. in, in Amber Drive. So, I but that that pretty much made my my most of my days in in, in UAMD. Yeah. Um, but of course the the, the in campus experience as well. I mean, oh, yeah. just hanging out in the castle. I mean, you know, the That's <laughs> classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That never gets old, too. <laughs> so, wait, so outside of Champagne and Amber memories, uh, any favorite memories as a student in school? Like, was there an event? Was there a test or something that really, that's really still ingrained in your head? That's like, when you look back at it and say, man, this is why I love school. Or man, this is why I hate school. <laughs> yeah, either or, but uh, you know, it's up to you. <laughs> you can ask for that in any way you want. Well, there's a lot, really. I mean, um, I mean, for me, there's a lot of uh, 
things that will make you really uh, fall in love with, with the university. I mean, I mean, for one, that's the university that opened up to a lot more of opportunities. I mean, for me, uh, personally, I mean, you know, it's really a place for, for me, it's, it was really a place for self-discovery, like, I mean, getting to know more about who you are as a person. But if there's one memory, probably um, what, that would be my experiences with some of my organizations as well um, in, in the university. Um, what orgs? Uh, I was with I was a scholar, so my home organization was the scholars organization. Uh, at that time, it was still a desk, like a subunit of the SEB of the student mm-hmm. council. It was called ISCO, and then oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with Jibi Gores and and Senor Ralph Tomanes. Um, after that, um, when when it was our time to head the desk. Uh, I was with another scholar at that time, um, a girl. She's Gladys Documento. We decided to uh, file for uh, a move to make ISCO a separate org from the SEB. Mm. That's also because uh, we observe that the university has been campaigning and they are getting a lot more a lot more scholars within the university population. So. We thought that it could be uh, a a, prob- uh, a more advantageous move if we make ISCO an org in itself. And that's the start of Sabio. So we started that. Um, and then now they're still there and, and they're growing. And, and I'm very happy that um, they were even following to the letter the, the constitution, the org constitution that I wrote. So I was, I was, I was very happy. I was, I was, I was so surprised because when we first tried to implement the constitution, we couldn't, we simply couldn't because uh, there was not much uh, resources available at the time. But when I visited the university and I looked into the organizational chart and how they do things now with social media, Mm -hmm. I was surprised that they were able to follow even the way the committees should work. So I was pleasantly surprised. Probably they don't know us anymore. I mean, you know, the founders of, of, of Sabe. But that's what. Um, and, and that's the reason why I wasn't able to join other orgs that I would love to join to. I mean, I'm a big theater fan. Um, and I would, it, it was really one of those oh, yeah. that I really wanted to join, like Viare or Rock. Uh, but I simply couldn't. Yeah. Uh, join anymore because I mean you know it was it, it, I, ju- I just had that feeling that I had to be devoting my time now with, with this particular work it, it, it felt just mm-hmm. right and natural because I had to sacrifice my other interests for, for, for that work and then of course there's fear the, the fresh start um, oh, every, oh start of the, every start of the Wait. Were you there? The, the new school year, academic year. So I was. So I think that's one of the did you start? the, the more memorable uh, moments for me in the university. Did uh, you help out it, the it, fresh start? Help like, freshmen mm-hmm. get acquainted, uh, yeah. acclimatized <laughs> in the in the university. Oh God! Uh, I gotta ask. So, which fresh start did you start? Was it? when you were incoming second year or incoming third year? Yeah. Um, I think I was enlisted as a peer um, first sem of second year. Oh, God. Okay, nice. So yeah. 2008, so, you started the day. So. Yeah. so it was it was fun because uh, it felt like, well, I'm a Puya now. <laughs> 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 so naabutan mo yung naging peer din sila uh, I think sila Gabi, right? My batchmates. Uh, Ignacio. Sorry. I'm not sure if he was there. like some of my batchmates were also in peer that year. I f- totally remember. Yeah, there and I think there were there think. were there were a lot of upperclassmen in in peer. Uh, and that's the reason why I get to know more of the the more senior uh students in the university yeah. because that or that really gets in touch with the people from the first year up to the fifth year. 
So it was a it was a happy oh, place <laughs> for us yeah. to get to know other students as well from other batches. So how did you know, how did um how did, what was the process of taking a score and turning it oh, yeah, from so. um a desk into an org? Oh well, um well at first we consulted with the community with the scholars. Like uh we we did like a um a simple survey uh asking them if 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 it will be beneficial for them to have an uh, uh an official scholars organization and obviously the natural answer uh from them was a yes so when we when we conceptualized sabio we asked first the the of course we asked permission from from SEB and then SEB helped us to get in touch with uh the office of student affairs uh and then they and then they after several consultations they asked us to prepare documents like the org constitution the the goals that we want to achieve uh, a list of specific projects and then uh as i think one of the requirements at the time was to have a an outreach program so those are the first few things that we had to do for us to become a certified university organization like the others of the organizations but but the, the the more difficult processes would be preparing the constitution like how the the organization would run afterwards and and, and the transition also was uh difficult because we had to look for scholars who are willing to devote time uh aside from studying i mean you know uh, scholars who are dedicated to run the org as an extra activity because not all scholars would be willing to do that <laughs> and how was that and and what did what did the org end up doing for the scholars in the university like apart from the usual stuff that um isco as a desk under um the student executive board did what are the specific activities so yeah because this is this is something that um and it's it's quite sad this this, this is something that was um completely outside of like my radar when i was in university because yeah. i really didn't know too many scholars So this is something that I just find so interesting as this part of the university and the student body that I had no idea was going on. Yeah. So yeah, what, what what was it that uh, uh the the world uh what was the world like? Well, the the reason why we uh really pushed for for that move, you no, know, uh to create that organization specific specifically for scholars was to address a very important uh need uh which is probably the biggest reason why we decided to create the organization and that's the need for scholars to get adjusted to the culture that the university has um most of these scholars come from um and that's the reason why they they become scholars of the university um, several of us are coming from uh, less privileged families uh coming from public schools Uh, and for first for some uh it is it would be their first time to experience a more private kind of education mm. uh, uh and, and the culture is different i mean when i entered the university when i was in first year um it was also difficult for me to like look for friends uh to fit in a group uh because the culture is simply uh different I mean, my concern as a public school student before were different from my my batchmates who came from uh, private uh, institutions like Ateneo, Lasalle, and the conversations are different. So, um, and, and that's the need that we saw. I mean, as early as uh, freshman year. I mean, when I was uh, Uh, about to finish my my freshman year in the university that there must be we must do something with the way we help new scholars get into the culture uh of the university so that they don't end up 
uh, well, there are two possibilities. Uh, they don't end up uh, losing their scholarship because probably they <laughs> got into, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes, that happens. That happens. They got friends who are, you know, not so good influences to them, or they decide to leave the university simply because they couldn't adjust to the culture. Yeah. Because there were cases like that uh, um, at the time. Uh, and so we, we, that's why we felt the, the urge to really put this organization together, primarily for that, uh, to be a home base. Like when the, when the, the new batch of scholars uh, comes in, uh, the university, they have a home and they don't feel lost. And there's like a support system that will take care of them uh, until they graduate in, in the university. And I'm happy because until now, they're, they're still doing that. Now, as regards the rest of the student tree, um, Sabio now extends its help also to paying students uh, in the university who are having uh, some sort of a challenge in terms of specific subjects. So there are tutorial, uh, mm-hmm. free tutorial uh, classes um, moderated by, by specific scholars. Um, so it's like a, um, a group that, that takes care of the scholars and at the same time gives back to the university by helping other students as well uh, excel. No? And... and, and We've created very good friendships. <laughs> well, so some of them I wanted to become like, well, they're not scholars, but they wanted to become honorary uh, <laughs> Sabio members. I don't know if they have a program like that now, but uh, but that's the idea. <laughs> Time to amend the constitution, guys. <laughs> like, I, I really will say that you guys are doing the Lord's work there because I, um, I see where you're, where you're coming from on that because it's a bit of a double whammy, right? Like uh, it's, it's a culture shock like twice over. Yeah. Right. And with, with the scholars, it's the additional pressure of having to maintain a 1.75, maybe. I can't 1. remember what it was. Yeah. It was 1.75. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, doing the Lord's work. And um, when you, when you put it in those terms, like I'm actually really glad that you ended up in the school. And I'm glad you didn't join Rocker Viare. Yeah. Because because that legacy is something that completely blows any Shakespeare adaptation out of the water. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, yeah, uh, thank you. But yeah, man, that I'm yeah, like I got echo job. That that you're doing God's work, man. That was good. So now, going from school, uh, what have you been doing in the past couple of years? Because I heard you went to media like recently. 